Welcome everyone to Ask the Horse Live, our monthly live event where our experts answer your horse health and industry questions. I'm your host, Michelle Anderson, Digital Managing Editor of the Horse and the Horse.com. Tonight we're talking about gastric ulcers with Dr. Frank Andrews of Louisiana State University. Dr. Andrews is a boarded internal medicine specialist, a professor, researcher, and director of the equine clinic at LSU's School of Veterinary Medicine. Uh, welcome, Dr. Andrews. Thank you, Michelle. Well, I want to welcome everybody uh, who's uh, tuning in. Uh, Dr. Andrews, I've seen you speak on this topic several times at different veterinary conferences, um, but can you tell our audience a little bit about your experience and your interest specifically in equine gastric ulcers? Uh, yes, uh, so um, I got interested in gastric ulcer disease uh, back in 1989 when I was a young faculty member at the University of Tennessee. Um, and the main interest was looking at uh, GastroGuard, which is a currently FDA-approved product uh, for treatment and prevention of gastric ulcer disease in horses. And so, um, working on we worked on that for uh, 10 years, uh, doing research and uh, um, pushing that drug through the FDA, which uh, was FDA-approved in 1999. And then um, my uh, interest continued. Uh, through um, the next, uh, you know, the next 15 years, uh, working with a variety of other uh, medications, uh, and then uh, my interest has sort of shifted to some of the supplements that are available to horse owners, uh, and whether they actually um, have any effect on gastric ulcer disease. So, uh, but my main interest is uh, obviously to uh, decrease pain and. Uh, suffering that horses go through uh, with gastric ulcer disease. So uh, that's my main interest. Um, I also have an interest in uh, the um, uh, bacteria in the stomach and in the uh, whole GI tract. Uh, that's a real hot uh, subject nowadays. Um, and we think that if we can look at some of those bacteria in there and uh, maybe modify those, that we can uh, overall, Im overall improve the horse's uh, health as they have found in humans. Okay. Well, before we get started tonight, I want to tell our audience about a special offer we have this month for our Ask the Horse Live listeners. It's a one-year subscription to the print magazine or digital magazine for only $5. Uh, you can just go to thehorse.com uh, slash A-T-H-L offer to order. Uh, that address should be on your screen right now as well. Uh, but hurry, it's only available for the next 24 hours. Um, so let's get on with our topic. Um, Dr. Andrews, I recently went through treatment of gastric ulcers for my own filly while she was in training, and I know I'm definitely not alone in managing ulcers. She was my first horse with gastric ulcers um, that I know of, but I want to know how common are ulcers in horses? Well, in uh, competition horses, uh, horses that... Um, you know, do anything from uh, barrel racing to um, racing, uh, thoroughbred racing, uh, gastric ulcer disease varies anywhere from 40% uh, of the population in the quarter horses to around 93% uh, in the in horses that uh, are uh, in the racing industry. Uh, the hunter-jumper uh, class, uh, dressage, those types of horses are around 60% of those horses have ulcers. It was once said that uh, every horse in its lifetime will have an ulcer, um, and so I think we look at that uh, and say that the horse is somewhat predisposed to ulcerations uh, because of its 
its stomach. It has a uh, compound stomach, we call, um, and it has uh, uh, a non-glandular uh, or a tissue that's similar to the esophagus that extends down into the into the first third of the stomach. And then it has a typical glandular stomach, which we all have, uh, but this esophageal portion that uh, lines the first third of the stomach is uh, one of the reasons why horses have ulcers. If you think about in, in people, the reflux esophagitis that we talk about where the, uh, the acid splashes up on the very end of the esophagus, uh, that esophagus extends down into the stomach and the horse, and so every time that horse exercises, uh, that acid, uh, especially if the horse doesn't have a lot of feed in the stomach, that acid will splash up on that uh, tender esophageal tissue. And so the horse is very predisposed to ulcers just by its anatomy uh, of the stomach. So anywhere, uh, you know, the answer to your question, anywhere from 40 to 90% of horses uh, in those various competitions and breeds uh, will have ulcerations in their stomach. So we had a ton of questions that were turned in during registration for this topic um, from people who ha are managing horses with these issues. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started with some of those questions. I want to let our audience know that this event is about an hour long and we'll try to get to as many of your questions as possible. If you have questions that you'd like to ask, you can go ahead and enter them into your console for for our uh, audio cast tonight. That should be right in front of you on your screen. Our news editor, Erica Larson, is taking a look at those questions and forwarding them to Dr. Andrews and myself as we go. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started with our pre-submitted questions. Um, our first one kind of gets to the heart of the matter, uh, Dr. Andrews, and it's for uh, it's from Abul Ghassim in Libya. And he would like to know what are the main causes of gastric ulcer? How can I diagnose it and how can I treat it? So that's a, that's a big, big question. Right, and I'll try to be uh, somewhat brief because I know we have lots of questions tonight. Well, first of all, the main cause uh, of gastric ulcers is the um, anatomy of the stomach. And that's something that we really can't change. So then we have to look at uh, the, the main causes of ulceration in horses. Uh, are uh, exercise uh, and intense exercise. So as the horse, uh, you know, goes from uh, just standing in the pasture, most horses in the pasture have, uh, you know, very few ulcers because they're not really exercising. And then two horses that are horse racing, uh, you know, thoroughbred horse racing uh, horses, those horses have the most ulcers and they have the most intense exercise. So certainly exercise uh, is related, uh, is a cause of ulceration. And I guess when we talk about causes, we're maybe talking about the risk factors. So what, you know, what puts a horse at risk to develop gastric ulcers? We also know that diet uh, is a common problem, uh, a common risk factor for gastric ulcers. And diet meaning very high carbohydrate diet, so a, a, a very high grain uh, in the diet. So if your horse is on high sweet feed, uh, it's on oats, uh, anything that is a high grain, uh, it's going to be perhaps predisposed to uh, ulcers. Now that doesn't mean that every horse that's fed grain gets ulcers, uh, but if they're fed uh, exorbitant amounts of, uh, of uh, grain, and we can talk about that a little bit later on the amount um, you know, of ulcers. And certainly horses that um, have medical conditions if your horse has uh, chronic uh, arthritic conditions, especially if it's a, maybe a rescued racehorse, 
that has some arthritis and it has to be on uh, medication for that arthritis, uh, that predisposes a horse because a lot of times the you know pain or um, uh, medication that the horse has to be on. Um, as far as diagnosis goes, um, typically the only definitive way to diagnose gastric ulcers is to use a long endoscope to go down, a, a nine foot long endoscope to go down and actually look at the ulcers in the uh, stomach. Um, uh, however, the horse might be anemic, uh, it might uh, be off feed, uh, you know, the clinical signs associated with it, poor appetite, poor body condition. Anytime your horse has an attitude change, if it goes from being, you know, the, the calmest, most relaxed horse to a horse that, uh, you know, uh, bucks you off or, um, you know, bucks uh, or, um, you know, you can't put the saddle on, the girth strap hurts, uh, things like that. Uh, a horse that, uh, you know, burps, has bad breath uh, is another thing that, uh, you know, might give you a clue. Uh, poor appetite, you know, if the horse used to eat really great and now it kind of picks, uh, picks at its feed, that could clue you in um, uh, to ulceration. And then one thing that we probably don't think of very much is if you're, if you thought your horse might have an ulcer and you you uh, put it on a test treatment maybe for a week of Castroguard um, and the horse improves, that could certainly indicate that your horse has ulcerations. Uh, as far as treatment goes, um, you know, the uh, what we recommend is using, initially using the um, uh, Gastroguard, uh, which is the FDA-approved uh, treatment for gastric ulcers. Um, if that's um, you know sometimes very expensive, then using ranitidine, uh, which is another uh, medication that could be used, uh, and that can be used uh, you know to treat ulcers. We also have looked at uh, some of the uh, prevention, some of these supplements, uh, a Smart Gut Ultra uh, made by SmartPak. Uh, that seems to uh, be helpful in preventing reoccurrence of ulcers after the horses are treated successfully with Castroguard. Um, so that, uh, you know, may be helpful. Uh, but I think it's important to treat them with a pharmaceutical agent initially. And then manipulating the diet, maybe increasing the roughage in the diet, turning the horse out to pasture, um, you know, trying to redu reduce the stress of stall confinement, those types of things may be helpful um, in, uh, um, you know, preventing the reoccurrence of ulcers once they're successfully treated. So you mentioned GastroGuard, and I wanted to ask you about the difference between the GastroGuard and the UlcerGuard, because those two names can be really confusing, and one is available at the feed store and one you need to get from your vet. Uh, can you explain a little bit to the audience what the difference is between those two? Sure. Uh, GastroGuard is the FDA-approved um, uh, pharmaceutical agent or, you know, a prescription drug for treatment and prevention of reoccurrence for gastric ulcers in horses. So, um, and UlcerGuard is actually a low dose of, uh, of GastroGuard, and it's a, what they call a non-prescription strength. So it's one-fourth the strength of the GastroGuard. And so UlcerGuard is used to prevent the reoccurrence of ulcers. So if, you're, if your horse has been on GastroGuard for, uh, 28 days or 30 days, and your horse, uh, the ulcers are healed, then you can use UlcerGuard, which is one-fourth the strength, to prevent those ulcers from reoccurring. 
So um, and so it and if you look at the tubes, they're almost identical. Um, and but uh, if you uh, when you dial the tube for the uh, uh, ulcer guard, if you dial it to 1,000, you're only giving a fourth of the dose of the gastro guard. So it's just a strength difference, um, you know, on those two things. Uh, you would give one tube to a horse of gastro guard, um, and then ulcer guard, you would give a quarter of a tube to prevent reoccurrence. Does that make sense, Michelle? Yeah, it does, and I know it was confusing to me when my filly came down with the, the ulcers because my vet was out, um, he's ambulatory, and he was away, and he was like, run down to the feed store, this is what you need to get, and you can dose with a, a dose of this, and then I'll meet you, and I'll get you the rest of your, your gastro guard. Um, so so the it's the same medication, it's just a different dosing. Yeah, different dosing. And if you wanted to give your um, what your vet might recommend, uh, while maybe your vet was if your vet's out of town and he wants to get the horse started immediately on uh, Gastroguard, he might tell you to go pick up some Ulcerguard, and you would give the whole tube of Ulcerguard, um, which would be the same dose as giving a whole tube of the Gastroguard. Um, it's just that the weight, um, the little um, uh, your marker, the weight markers are different for the for the Ulcerguard. So you're only given one-fourth the dose. Okay. So we have a question from our live audience. We've covered uh, a little bit of this answer, but we have a question from Michelle who's listening live, and she wants to know what signs owners should look for if they think their horses have ulcers. So you mentioned the behavioral changes, uh, the picking at the feed. Is there anything else that we as horse owners can be looking for uh, that our horses might be trying to tell us that they have ulcers, but, but we didn't realize it? Yes, uh, so the bad breath, uh, you know, um, and uh, bad breath can be, um, you know, if your horse has, I usually, um, and it's kind of funny because, you know, when I do a physical exam on a horse that comes into the hospital, I always smell the horse's breath. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, halitosis is one of those things that uh, if the horse is having an ulcer, a lot of times they'll, and some people have said, well, my horse burps more often. Sometimes that can be an indicator. It's not necessarily always an indicator, but bad breath, uh, burping, um, the um, you know poor body condition. If your horse is you're having trouble keeping the hair coat nice on your horse, um, and then the attitude changes. Those uh, you know when you're um, you know you have a really a horse that's very easy to work with, and then all of a sudden that horse is trying to you know nip at you or bite at you when you're trying to ride it. Uh, that can really be, um, you know, an indicator. The other thing I think is important is the uh, performance issue. Um, you know, uh, if you have a, a horse that has decreased in performance, have, that can uh, certainly be a, a problem. Um, and then, yeah, and, and the other thing, too, is uh, if your horse uh, grinds its teeth, um, one of the things that we have noticed uh, is that if you – Listen, uh, in, uh, if you go down the shed row in, in some of the barns, <clears throat> you might hear a horse kind of, um, you know, grinding its teeth, and that horse, uh, or if it's salivating, that horse uh, may have a gastric ulcer. These are very subtle signs, but certainly are uh, those signs that you'd want to look for um, in a horse that you suspected have had ulcers, and then have your um, vet come out. The other thing is colic, uh, mild mild colic signs, reoccurring colic, 
uh, can certainly be a um, an indicator that the horse has gastric ulcers. If your horse is severely colicking, rolling on the ground, beating itself up, that's probably not a gastric ulcer. Uh, that's probably something a lot more serious that uh, needs to be addressed. Okay. So I was going to ask um, if colic was a, was the same as having ulcers, or if there is a, just a connection between the two, or can um, can you tell the difference between a horse that has ulcers and colic? I'm not sure if that question makes sense, but right, it's uh, it's it would be difficult to um, separate a, a colic due to um, say an impaction um, from a colic that's associated with a gastric ulcer. So um, I think it, whenever your horse colics, it it um, you know needs to be evaluated, and then um, you know if there if you treat if you're a veterinarian. Uh, you know, does a rectal examination and doesn't really feel anything, and the horse, you know, doesn't have really any ultrasound changes, uh, any um, uh, diarrhea or any um, uh, right, you know, any cause that your veterinarian can come up with, uh, then looking for gastric ulcers uh, or treating the horse for, uh, you know, a seven-day period with uh, GastroGuard, uh, and that horse gets better and does fine and that might indicate that uh, it has uh, gastric ulcers. Gastric ulcers can be a primary cause uh, of disease, and they can also be a secondary cause due to some other thing going on with the horse. Uh, if it had a, um, you know, a, a problem, we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, horses that have inflammatory bowel disease, uh, like, you know, people with spastic colon or, uh, and when inflammatory bowel disease occurs, then that stresses out the whole GI tract and so it stresses out the horse too, so that could precipitate a secondary ulcer in the stomach and maybe not be the primary cause. So we always need to look for the primary cause of the ulcers, and if we can't find any other cause, then treating that ulcer um, may help the overall condition of the horse. Okay. Does that make sense, Michelle? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. And so um, my experience was that I found out that it can be very expensive to treat a horse that has ulcers. So uh, our next question is from Marin in New Hampshire, and Marin wants to know how she can effectively get her horse diagnosed and treated for ulcers when she's on a tight budget. She said that her horse seems like he might have a minor case. What? Um, yeah, we we think that um, obviously uh, we as a veterinarian, um, I think the the most important thing is to get the horse on some. Um, efficacious treatment, so uh, which you know is is a meprazole or the uh, gastroguard, uh, and I know gastroguard is very uh, expensive. So some of the work that we've done and some of the work that was er that was done early in the approval of gastroguard showed that the ulcers, um, uh, almost 60% of ulcers, healed up within the first 14 days of treatment. So what we would recommend uh, if you're on a tight budget is to certainly start treatment with GastroGuard and then have your horse, you don't necessarily um, you know, need to have your horse scoped at the beginning. If you're sure the horse has an ulcer, your veterinarian uh, says, well, gee, your horse might have an ulcer, you can treat that horse for 14 days and then schedule it to have an endoscopy. Um, and if those ulcers are healed up, then you have a choice to go to a, the, the ulcer guard, which is the fourth is the fourth the cost of the gastric guard, so that would help. Um, and we like to uh, treat for another uh, 28 days or so, but at least taper the dose so that the the, the horse uh, doesn't get a rebound acidosis. 
Um, but the other thing you might try is some of the supplements uh, in the, the Smart Gut Ultra uh, from SmartPak. Uh, we have shown that that does reduce the number uh, of ulcers in the horses. It does uh, prevent reoccurrence of ulcers uh, in the horses. So switching over to a, a supplement like Smart Gut Ultra uh, might be a little bit more um, uh, economical for um, you know, for treatment or for prevention of ulcers from reoccurring. Um, and then you might have to, you know, add gastroguard from time to time if the horse is being stressed. Um, the, uh, the other thing is that if, again, if you're on a tight budget, we don't recommend that you go to a compounded omeprazole. That's something, uh, you know, the powdered omeprazoles, the, the things that you buy, um, you know, through catalogs, it says this is omeprazole, it's the same thing as FDA approved. If it's a compounded omeprazole or powder or something and it's not Castroguard, it's not going to be effective uh, to treat that horse. If you're completely, you know, can't afford Castroguard, then the next thing to do would be to put it on something like ranitidine. Uh, and ranitidine is Zantac, um, and we do uh, uh, recommend, and Zantac has been proven uh, to be effective in treating ulcers, and it runs about 15 to 20 bucks a day uh, use of the generic human, and you have to get your veterinarian to write a prescription, um, or you can buy it over the counter, but it's a lot more expensive to buy it over the counter because they don't have the, they have a very low dose, um, and you might be using, you know, 100 tablets, uh, which is really not very uh, um, cost-effective, but it has to be treated three times a day. Um, but try to stay away from the com any compounded products or powders or things like that, that uh, because they just they have not been tested uh, to know that they have uh, any uh, medication really in them. So. And our next question is from Nicole in New Mexico, and she had wanted to know if all omeprazole was created equally, and whether or not the the powder from a compounding pharmacy is as effective as Gastrogard. So, what are the concerns there? You you mentioned the actual amount in the powder. Um, is it just because there's no standard for that or monitoring? Um, well, first of all, the um, the compounded products are made from uh, from omeprazole that's imported from um, typically from other countries. So, um, and it's a powder. It's not regulated. In other words, that that powder that uh, that the compounder gets. Um, they get a certification that's, you know, 100% of meprazole, but uh, frequently it's not tested to say, yes, it does have a meprazole in it. Um, so, um, you know, they, depending on where they get it from, it may or may not have a meprazole in it. The other thing is that a meprazole is very sensitive. Uh, the powder is very sensitive to light, and it's very sensitive to acid. So if you're just using the powder, then and you put it in the stomach, then most of that powder is going to be in, in, inactivated by the stomach acid uh, in horses. And uh, the other thing is that if it's uh, sitting out in a lighted lit bottle, a bottle that doesn't have any kind of um, filters on it, but, uh, then it's going to be inactivated in the bottle even before you give it. Um, and so it's just not uh, the uh, compounded omeprazole is not controlled and you're not getting the same potency each time. Um, so that and the Gastrogard is a FDA-approved drug, and it, it's expensive. I understand that, but it, it's when they say it has, you know, 100% of meprazole in there, then you know that when you get that horse, but it, when they say it has, you know, that the meprazole in there, then it definitely has meprazole. Okay. Um. So, 
I want to go back to the SmartGut Ultra that you mentioned because I'm thinking you can correct me if I'm wrong that there's a couple different products. There's a SmartGut that SmartPak has and then there's a SmartGut Ultra. Um, what's the difference between those two um, products? Like what's special about the SmartGut Ultra? I know that you did some research on that. Right. The, uh, the SmartGut Ultra has um, – uh, what we've done is we've worked with Smart uh, SmartPak to put in um, uh, four ingredients, uh, um, four to five ingredients that we think are helpful for ulcerations uh, in the stomach. And we've done some work, and, and those are smart, uh, or I'm sorry, is uh, sea buckthorn berries, uh, pectin and lecithin, which are from fruit, um, and then um, the, um, 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 you know, other other ingredients uh, that uh, we've looked at, um, aloe vera juice, we think that those are, um, um, you know, those are helpful in preventing ulcers. Now the, the smart, uh, the Colicare product uh, doesn't have those compounds in it. So um, that would mo mostly the, the Colicare product, which is the, uh, I think it's called Smart Digest Ultra, it has uh, it doesn't have the uh, anti ulcer medications that we put in uh, that's called it's called gastrovert it's a it's the proprietary blend of uh, of the uh, pectin lecithin and the um, um, sea buckthorn berries um, uh, and the aloe vera juice and that type of thing so it has a little bit different uh, um, um, you know these anti ulcer medications in there that have been that we've shown in a study uh, that the it prevents ulcers from reoccurring after treatment with gastrocarden. We have a question that came in from our live audience. Uh, Kathy Jane wants to know if low thyroid levels could be a cause of gastric ulcers. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Dr. Andrews? There hasn't been any uh, studies or any research done that shows that uh, hypothyroidism, which is very rare in horses, it's certainly uh, more common in people, um, and other animals, dogs and cats, but it's not a uh, it's not something that's been proven in horses. So I don't know of any uh, studies or any uh, link with hypo, uh, low thyroid levels uh, in horses. Now um, I guess you have to look at how <coughs> excuse me um, how um, low thyroid levels uh, or how uh, the horses you know how they diagnose low thyroid levels. Uh, if it's only just on a resting a blood sample, then that would be, um, you know, probably not as accurate as it would be in people. So I guess the bottom line is there's no real link between low thyroid levels and ulcers in horses. I will tell you that any other disease that the horse has, um, you know, then it could precipitate an ulcer as a secondary complication. So if the horse has, say, a pituitary adenoma, um, you know, and has, a, uh, you know, the Cushing's disease, um, it has a, you know, a two-through problem, it's uh, lameness, uh, a foot abscess, any of those things, um, plus GI disease could, could precipitate uh, an ulcer uh, that needs to be treated, but it might not be the primary cause. We have a question from Michelle in the live audience, and she wants to know if horses can develop ulcers if they are fed less frequently or don't have access to pasture. She says maybe fed two times a day versus three times per day. Is there a difference? Yes, there is. Uh, what we 
uh, have found is that if you intermittently feed horses, or what we call bolus feeding horses, that uh, they are uh, more likely to have ulcers. And the reason why is because there's periods of time during the day when the horse is standing there, has nothing to eat, uh, and then the stomach uh, becomes empty, or at least partially empty, and that acid could splash up uh, onto that tender esophageal tissue that lines the stomach and lead to an, uh, to an ulceration. So um, we like to see the horse just eating all the time, or at least has having food there available uh, so that they can pick and choose uh, if they want to eat or not. And then uh, certainly giving um, lots of grain. Uh, we, we always uh, should weigh the grain out uh, uh, in giving, um, you know, uh, any, if you give more than five pounds of a sweet pea um, uh, twice a day, you could get into some problems uh, with the sugars in that, uh, in the grain, which can lead to uh, ulceration. So if you keep, uh, you know, keep the grain keep uh, the at, the, at a low level, uh, then it uh, certainly is better. And then feeding horses throughout the day, um, uh, making sure that they have feed 24-7 uh, uh, would be the best way, um, you know, to, uh, you know, prevent ulcers from occurring. And do you have any recommendations for how to keep hay in front of your horses 24-7? Because I know, like, I have one horse that's a bit of an easy keeper, uh, and I'm starting to think he is also having ulcers based on what I've learned uh, with my filly. How do I keep hay in front of him without him uh, limping out? For for yeah, a lack I, of a nicer way to say that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the the uh, wind and wire horses, we call yeah. them. You know, they gain weight even with wind and wire. So um, what um, what I think we're looking at now, and, and I don't know of any, uh, there's several people that are looking at this, is using the uh, uh, the uh, hay feeders that have the smaller um, diameter holes in them um, so that the horse has uh, hay all the time, but it, they have to work a little bit to get the hay out. Um, and that does increase the chewing uh, and uh, increases the, uh, um, the saliva, which does help buffer stomach contents. And then the horse doesn't eat. It's eating uh, continuously, um, and you can, you know, it has to eat longer to get the same amount of hay. Um, and so you could try these, uh, uh, these um, uh, hay nets that have, you know, the different types of, uh, of um, you know, of, of, of sizes of, uh, um, you know, pore sizes or whatever. I guess I don't know exactly what they call those, but uh, anyway, yeah. the netting is very fine, right? So that yeah, would I've... be something that you could try. Yeah, that's what I've moved my horses to, and they uh, they would prefer to eat it all in one setting, <laughs> but but um, but it does work to slow them way down with their meals. Um, we have a couple questions from our live audience. Both Lisa and Irene have asked about uh, sucralophate. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that wrong, right? Mm, sucralophate. Yep. Sucralophate. Yeah. Yep. So uh, they want to know if that's an option for horses with ulcers and uh, what it is and how it's administered. Okay, so there's a couple of products. There's sucralfate, which is the uh, it's called um, carafate. It's a prescription um, prescription medication uh, that coats the stomach, uh, and it's been uh, shown to be very effective in ulcer in healing ulcers in people. And it's frequently used in uh, if you have a, um, 
uh, an ulcer. Um, in horses, it's not been proven to be very effective in healing ulcers. If you're going to use uh, sucralfate, you probably need to use it along with the meprazole, which doesn't make it any less expensive to treat with. Uh, there is a gastrophate, which is a mucilloid uh, coating agent uh, that is uh, uh, that has recently been um, released on the market. Uh, it's called gastrophate, and it's similar to sucralfate, but it's a um, and I think it's sold through veterinarians, but it's a really not a prescription. Uh, medication, and it uh, has a similar effect to sucralfate, um, but uh, we really haven't shown that sucralfate uh, helps with um, gastric ulcers in horses. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be effective. Um, you know, you, I think a lot of these things might make the horse be feel better uh, if it has an ulcer, uh, but it doesn't necessarily heal the ulcers, get them, you know, heal them so that the horse has a long-term improvement. Okay, so you've mentioned some things that are useful in humans that might be useful in horses. I've heard of people doing things like going to Costco or the warehouse and getting a bunch of Tums and grinding them up for their horses or getting the big jugs of Pepto-Bismol and giving those to their horses. Are those useful in, in managing ulcers in horses? They are useful, but they have to be given lots of times per day. So, um, you know, if... We have shown that um, using Maalox, uh, you know, the magnesium uh, uh, calcium chloride, uh, uh, calcium carbonate, uh, the antacids are effective in horses. Now you have to give uh, like a whole uh, pint, you know, of, uh, of uh, Maalox to a horse uh, to, uh, you know, to get enough there. Uh, but the, it just increases the pH for about two hours in horses. Um, so it really is not effective in healing ulcers. It certainly could be used to make the horse feel better uh, while you're treating it with uh, something like gastrogard or anidity. Uh, but it's not, they're not effective in even Tums, grinding up Tums. And it's not really very effective in healing ulcers, but it does improve the horse's uh, uh, pain. It does help with uh, re relieving pain uh, just by removing the irritation of the acid on those ulcers but it just doesn't heal the ulcers. But it can be used in combination with GastroGuard or with Ternitidine. So we have a question from Janet in our live audience, and she wants to know what about aged horses that can't eat hay and are on a complete feed instead? Uh, can we keep them, how can we keep them eating for longer periods of time and keeping their, their stomachs happy? Right, that's a that's a difficult thing because uh, you know pelleted diets uh, have a fairly small particle size, uh, and so they they don't last as long. Um, uh, the, probably the best uh, thing that we can do with horses that have difficulty eating and have to be on a pelleted type feed uh, is adding um, uh, is is feeding more times per day. Um, you know that. Uh, you know, feeding small meals uh, more often during the day. So if you're feeding, um, you know, it's like an equine senior, and you're feeding that twice a day, uh, you know, and that's its sole source of feed, uh, then uh, dividing those uh, that feed up uh, over four times a day would certainly be better and help that horse uh, uh, to, uh, um, you know, to manage its ulcers a little bit better. Uh, but that's a, it's a difficult thing. Um, you know, to uh, uh, in older horses, uh, one of the, probably one of the good things is that uh, we don't see 
um, a lot of ulceration in, uh, you know, in the real older horses unless they're very, uh, unless they're competing. Um, you know, so, um, you know, most of them, uh, at least, you know, we don't uh, have a lot of horses that come into our hospital that say, I think my horse has a gastric ulcer and we scope it. It's an older horse, maybe doesn't have very good teeth, uh, and it truly has ulcers. So, um, but I think dividing the feed up more uh, during uh, feeding more times per day um, could be could be helpful in preventing the ulcers from occurring. Our next question is from Andre, who sent this question in from New Zealand. Andre wants to know if the gut microbiome plays a role in preventing and managing ulcers. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that, Dr. Andrews? Yeah, we we think that the that the gut, uh, uh, at least the stomach my, uh, microbiome uh, biome does, uh, and that's uh, when we talk about microbiome, we talk about the population of bacteria that are present in the stomach. Um, and there's uh, certainly the microbiome that's in the large intestine, the small intestine, and the large intestine. Um, but we do think uh, we've done some work uh, with a group, uh, Dr. Al-Hasmin, out of the, um, uh, uh, the uh, in Australia, um, and we've we've looked at uh, the bacteria that's present in the stomach, and we do feel that um, that using a probiotic. Uh, mixture uh, or a prebiotic can be helpful uh, in um, uh, in least um, feeding uh, that uh, those bacteria, the good bacteria in the stomach. And we do think that that bacteria, uh, if we can manage the population of bacteria, that it's very helpful in uh, preventing ulcers. Um, and we did see that in a study we did where we added uh, um, uh, you know antibiotics as well as uh, probiotics, we did see a, a, a reduction in the ulcerations in those horses. One of the good things is that uh, one thing I did mention earlier is the Smart Gut Ultra um, does have uh, uh, a probiotic in it. It does have uh, um, uh, bacteria present in it, so it is a probiotic. And so that we think that that does help with uh, maintaining the stomach health. Uh, these bacteria. Um, you know they're in the stomach, and they do help the stomach stay healthy. Uh, they, they're there for a reason, and uh, obviously, um, we don't. Uh, if we disturb that, we certainly could disturb the natural health of the stomach, and uh, it, which could lead to ulcers. Our next question is from Lisa in Michigan, and she's looking for suggestions from you on keeping her horses stress-free when they travel or ride with other people and horses? Wow, good question, uh, because that's, uh, that's always a difficult thing uh, when, you're, when you're hauling horses around. Uh, you know, what, um, you know, about the best thing uh, that we can recommend in hauling horses is to uh, stop frequently, um, have the horses, you know, get out of the trailer, uh, especially if you're, you're traveling more than eight hours at a time, um, you know, having the horses roaming free, uh, you know, in a box stall, in a large trailer can be helpful. Um, not tie, cross-tying the horses so their heads are way up, uh, you know, having their heads free, uh, that can be helpful. Um, you know, providing, um, if the horse is a pretty good horse, uh, providing uh, hay um, uh, while the horse is, so the horse could eat uh, while it's being, uh, while it's traveling. 
uh, can be helpful. You know, again, it gives the horse something to do while the horse is traveling. Um, and some of the, uh, I know some of the hauling companies, um, and they've done some work with hauling horses backwards. Um, I'm not recommending that for, you know, your regular two-horse trailer. Uh, but certainly some of these uh, uh, hauling companies, uh, the horses that ride backwards seem to, um, you know, uh, do better, uh, less stress. Uh, um, and the, the other thing I think is providing water, um, adequate water to the horses, uh, making sure the horses are drinking well uh, while they're uh, while they're while they're being transported uh, can be helpful. Um, so you know, some people tube their horse with mineral oil uh, before they travel. Um, that can certainly, uh, you know, lubricate the gut, uh, can help the, uh, the overall digestive tract. Uh, um, we don't recommend that you give a lot of um, bute or banamine uh, before you travel. Some people say, well, my horse might, you know, be painful when it's traveling. Uh, but that could be uh, something that, we, you know, would, would, would cause that stomach uh, to develop a gastric ulcer, uh, you know, if you're giving... Uh, Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories to the horse while they're being traveled. So, um, but you know, frequent stops, uh, you know, um, providing uh, feed for hay for the horse, usually grass hay or a little bit adding alfalfa hay. Um, we've shown that alfalfa hay uh, actually has a lot of calcium carbonate similar to Tums, and so the alfalfa hay can be very helpful in buffering stomach contents uh, uh, while the horse is traveling. Mixing it with the grass hay. Uh, so that the horse, uh, you know, eats a little bit slower uh, can be helpful uh, in stress. But stress, uh, I, I imagine, you know, horses that like people when they travel uh, can be somewhat stressful. Um, the other thing is we uh, think that horses, um, you know, drink, uh, you know, don't drink a lot of water uh, at these events um, because the water tastes funny. So if you can wean your horse into a, or add a flavoring uh, to your horse's water at home, uh, then that can be very helpful uh, in uh, if you add that flavor at the showgrounds or uh, while your horse is traveling, uh, because then the horse doesn't perceive that the water is different. Um, so managing it uh, better, stressing if it has uh, adequate hydration while it's traveling, that can reduce stress, uh, the stress load on the horse during traveling. So you mentioned alfalfa, and I want to ask you about that. Should a horse that is predisposed to having gastric ulcers or, or who has had them in the past, should they be on a diet that includes alfalfa on a regular basis? Yes, that, we do recommend that. That's been shown in studies we've done and also in studies out of Texas A&M, is that uh, alfalfa buffers the stomach contents uh, and it does uh, increase that pH and it does take away the irritation uh, from the horse's stomach, uh, from that acid irritating the stomach. So, um, so if, you know, again, I think, uh, you know, there's some misconceptions about alfalfa hay. People say, well, gee, it makes my horse uh, hot. Uh, but I think if you can mix it, either feed it all by itself or mix it with the, with the grass hay, you can get the benefit of that calcium carbonate, those, that, you know, the, the I think the, a previous listener said, oh, what if I just grind up the Tums and put it in my horse's diet? Well, you could just add alfalfa hay to the grass hay diet, and that would be just the same as giving your horse Tums. So um, so we think it's important if your horse is predisposed to ulcers uh, or it's in heavy competition that alfalfa hay is a part of its diet. Um, maybe not the whole diet because I know it's expensive and it does it does make the, you know, it's a very nutritious uh, 
um, uh, diet, uh, but mixing it with grass hay uh, would make the horse chew longer and uh, you know help with buffering stomach contents. Buffering I I found when my my horse was having the um, her acute issues with the gastric ulcers that putting the alfalfa in front of her was like the one thing I could get her to eat. So was that because she thought it was really tasty? Because um, she wasn't wanting to eat at all, or was it because once she ate some of it, it actually made her feel better? Yeah, that's a good question, and uh, I'm not sure how to answer that. Uh, I'd like to say that the latter was the truth, uh, is that we try to eat uh, what we think is best for us, um, but I don't really know. Uh, but uh, certainly, we have some horses that uh, when they don't feel good, they prefer a certain diet over another. Um, you know, and maybe this horse, uh, you know, felt like it was felt bad, and eating the alfalfa hay helped it helped its stomach feel better. Um, I don't know, but uh, I'd like to think that. Uh, but I know we have shown that that um, alfalfa hay is very helpful to the to the gastrointestinal tract and to the stomach, particularly uh, in preventing ulcers. We've had several questions come in about hindgut ulcers. This one's from our live audience. Brad wants to know how prevalent are hindgut ulcers or issues compared to gastric or stomach ulcers. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Dr. Andrews? Okay, the hindgut ulcers are um, less prevalent. In other words, they don't occur as often uh, as the uh, uh, stomach ulcers. Um, but they cause more uh, severe clinical signs. Um, the, the horses might get diarrhea with the hindgut ulcers. They might get more colicky. Uh, they certainly lose protein in their blood. The protein leaks into the into the manure, uh, and uh, so they could get hypoproteinemic, get some edema, um, and then they um, you know they go off feed. They don't feel good. Um, so the the clinical signs and the uh, the overall um, uh, horse health is is much worse when you have hindgut ulcers, um, and that's uh, that you know we we know that is a particular problem. So we try to obviously uh, really look for hindgut ulcers anytime we have a horse that has colic and and has that uh, you know maybe has low protein in the blood. Um, because it's maybe leaking. It's almost, you know, it's a, it really is a colitis, um, a right, we call it right dorsal colitis, inflammation of the colon and its ulceration in that particular region of the colon that uh, is a particular problem. So it's much less fr uh, frequent than ulcers, but it certainly causes more severe clinical signs. Sheila in our live audience has a horse that previously has had gastric ulcers and was successfully treated with GastroGuard. Uh, she says the horse gets a daily dose of firococcid for arthritis. Um, she wants to know if that's going to increase his chance of getting ulcers again. Well, it certainly could, um, but if you had to have your horse on um, uh, 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 a non steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, Fearococcus is probably the best. It's a um, it uh, protects. It has the um, it has the anti-inflammatory effects, but it also has the it doesn't uh, stop the the good uh, the good uh, prostaglandins or the good uh, um, chemicals that the body makes uh, to help the stomach uh, you know have good health. So. Um, you know, if your horse is predisposed to ulcer, you'd like to not have it on any non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, 
but if you had to choose one uh, because the horse is uh, having pain, then the furopoxib would be the best one to choose. You just have to look at the horse or have your veterinarian assess the horse, um, you know, um, every six months or a year uh, to be sure that it's not developing, um, you know, the, the subtle signs. Uh, you know, smell your horse's breath, um, you know, uh, make sure that it continues to eat well um, and uh, provide some alfalfa hay uh, while it's on the furocoxin. That could help, uh, you know, prevent the ulcers from occurring. But uh, it's fairly safe, the, the uh, Equiox. Uh, but still, nothing's uh, you know 100% safe. So just you know, watching the horse, uh, having your veterinarian uh, on speed dial, you know, in case the horse has an issue, uh, would be would be helpful. We have a follow-up question from our live audience about alfalfa. Lynn wants to know that if you don't have access to good quality alfalfa hay, will alfalfa pellets or cubes have the same effect? Um, it probably will have some effect, uh, the alfalfa pellets or the uh, alfalfa cubes. So um, I think um, you know mixing that with a with a good uh, healthy hay diet would be very helpful. Um, it probably is not as effective as the uh, the alfalfa the alfalfa hay, um, uh, but it certainly is something that you can add to the diet uh, and add to your hay diet. Um, that it's certainly better than uh, you know not having any alfalfa. So, but I think that that's a way. If you don't have access to alfalfa hay, use the pellets uh, or use the uh, alfalfa cubes. Uh, that should be helpful. Uh, and uh, it will have some effect on buffering stomach contents. Maybe not as quite as good as alfalfa hay, but it will have some effect. And uh, it certainly uh, you know we we don't know exactly. Uh, how much effect it's going to have, but it will be helpful. Our next question is from our live audience. Uh, Anne is listening, and she wants to know if horses that have colicked before become more predisposed to developing ulcers. Um, not necessarily. Um, if your horse is having, um, you know, has a ulcer episode or has a uh, colic episode. Um, it uh, you know it doesn't really mean that it's going to be predisposed to ulcers. Um, if it has a reoccurring colic episodes, uh, you know, and this is the inflammatory bowel disease or uh, problems with the colon, um, colonic ulcers, things like that. If it if it has those uh, underlying um, stressors, then that could uh, make it more predisposed to gastric ulcers as a secondary cause. Uh, but but if your horse has a colic, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's going to get an ulcer. Um, you know, it certainly could have colic due to ulcer, but it doesn't really predispose it to ulcers. Okay. Um, we have a question from our live audience from Deanna, and she wants to know if cribbing and wind sucking are related to gastric ulcer development. Yeah, that's another great question because we uh, actually are looking at that now. Um, we really haven't found, uh, there is some uh, literature that suggests that uh, horses that have, uh, that crib are more, uh, have more prevalent, uh, the prevalence of ulcers. In other words, the, they have more ulcers than horses that don't crib. Uh, we're uh, doing a study now where we're looking at horses that crib, and about 50% uh, of the horses that, uh, that crib that come in uh, for cribbing surgery uh, Dr. Bourbon, I've been working every, he does a lot of cribbing surgeries uh, here at LSU, 
Um, and when he brings the horses in for the cribbing surgery, um, then he can, um, you know, then I scope them to see if they have ulcers. And about 50% of the horses at crib have ulcers. Um, and most of these are quarter horses uh, and some other breeds. And we find that 50% of uh, these breeds uh, have ulcers anyway. So there's really not a link. But I think if you, um, you know, anytime the horses had, you know, has stereotypic behavior, you kind of have to look and see what's the reason for that stereotypic behavior. If there's a clear reason, uh, then that might be uh, just predisposing the horse to stress and, and having ulcers. Uh, but there really hasn't there hasn't really been found a true link between cribbing and ulcers, um, but uh, certainly cribbing and colic because they are wind sucking and they do get air in the large intestine and that can cause flatulent colic, but not really gastric ulcers uh, per se. So unless your horse is having other signs, um, you know I wouldn't worry too much about the gastric ulcers in those horses. Our next question is from Liz in our live audience, and she wants to know if it's possible for minor ulcers to go away on their own without treatment. Uh, yes. Um, so if your horse has minor ulcers, they, those ulcers could heal up. Um, it's at a much lower rate uh, than, uh, than if you actually treated the ulcers. So, um, but uh, certainly a horse, uh, like we talked about earlier in the program, a horse, you know, probably every horse in its lifetime is going to have an ulcer. So, um, and some of those ulcers do heal up, and you won't even know the horse has an ulcer. It gets a little erosion, um, and then uh, you know maybe the horse is a little bit stressed, has a little erosion. Uh, some of these ulcers can uh, develop in three days, um, you know, after a stress. Um, we had some horses uh, shipped uh, uh, shipped in, and uh, uh, they were um, they had no ulcers before shipment. And then within three days after they uh, entered the uh, barn, uh, you know, so, uh, over half of them had ulcers. So, um, so three or four days after shipping can be a, a problem. And some horses can have very minor ulcers, and those ulcers can heal up once they get on the feed and get acclimated to their new environment. Um, and uh, those those ulcers heal up and they're fine. Um, but if they um, if you they persist and have these uh, um, clinical signs, you know, poor appetite, uh, roughened hair coat, those types of things, then it's uh, worth looking at uh, to be sure that they, those ulcers don't develop into something more severe as far as ulceration. So, so those horses got ulcers three days after shipping. Um, you ship to a horse show, that means about day three your horse could get ulcers from yeah, well, you hope, Yeah, right. It could be um, in you want to hope that the horse doesn't have any ulcers when you ship them, but uh, yeah, they. And I guess the the bottom line is that horses can get ulcers very quickly uh, after a stressful event. So, um, but yeah, after uh, shipping, now if the horse is is in good condition and it uh, you know is fed properly, drinks a lot of water, you know, and doesn't get stressed out when it travels, may never get an ulcer. Uh, but there are these horses that are shipped and tra travel around and. Uh, know and, and get ulcers uh, and those ulcers could heal up or they could get more severe um, you know depending on you know if they're on some kind of circuit where they're going to multiple horse shows over multiple weekends uh, then those horses are probably at the most risk especially if they're doing uh, fairly intense exercise 
Uh, we have a question from Allison in New York, and she wants to know if over-supplementation could aggravate an existing ulcer. Uh, it could. Um, what, um, so uh, typically, how, what I look for is if somebody says my horse has ulcers or it's having uh, issues uh, with reoccurring ulcers, um, and uh, typically I'll ask them what kind of supplements is your horse on. And, uh, you know, there might be, um, you know, 12 to 15 supplements that some of the horses are on. And things like um, um, vinegar, um, you know, I've, I've seen some articles that say, you know, give your horse vinegar, that's the best way. Uh, it causes an acidic environment in the stomach. Uh, but we know that vinegar in some of the studies have, have caused ulcers. So, uh, so what I typically do is if your horse is uh, having ulcer problems, is first thing to do is take it off all the supplements. Um, and then, um, you know, just feed it, uh, you know, some uh, half alfalfa hay, half uh, grass hay, um, you know, get it back to the basics. Uh, and then, uh, you know, see how the horse does. Um, if you, uh, you know, can have it scoped and it has ulcers treated with GastroGuard, um, and then slowly add back the supplements uh, and try to, you know, choose supplements that we think uh, have some effect on at least, uh, you know, helping the stomach uh, to better health. And those would be the Smart Gut Ultra, uh, perhaps Egason, uh, which is the pectin lecithin uh, compounds. Um, you know, those types of things, which are pretty benign, and then maybe a, um, a probiotic um, uh, a probiotic compound, which could be helpful, and that's, you know, that's in SmartPak certainly has those. And there's certainly probiotics, there's a variety of other, um, other, uh, other companies that make the probiotics. But that could be helpful. Um, but sometimes, I guess what I've seen is that horses that are on a probiotic Sometimes, uh, depending on the probiotic, they could get a little um, colicky uh, because they're they're introducing bacteria into the hindgut, and that could um, you know stimulate gas and make it a little bit more flatulent. Um, so if you're um, if you're having problems with a probiotic, then use a prebiotic, and a prebiotic is something like Succeed that doesn't have any bacteria in it. It just has the necessary ingredients to feed. The bacteria, so it's like feeding the good bacteria in the hindgut uh, and in the stomach, which could help uh, with ulcerations. Um, so get, get back if your horse is having issues with colic or with gastric ulcers, get back to the basics and then uh, slowly add those uh, supplements back. But I think if you over supplement your horse, you could have a problem. Uh, we have a question from Susan in New Mexico, and she said that her horse became cinchy when he had ulcers, and that even now after treatment, he's still sensitive in the girth area. Do you think that this is related to pain of actually still having ulcers, or is it an anticipation of pain learned from that time when he had the gastric ulcers? It, it could be either one, and um, you know, if you're um, if the horse has been sensitized to the ulcers. Or was sensitized when it had ulcers, it could be having a behavioral issue now, um, you know, and it could say, well, gee, you know, that hurt before, and I'm going to flinch when they're cinching up the first strap. So, um, so what? Um, again, if you're if you're concerned about it, the best thing to do is uh, is try either a trial uh, treatment of gastrogard and see if it gets less cinchy, or have the horse scoped uh, and to see if it has ulcers. 
And then if it doesn't have ulcers on an endoscopy exam uh, by your veterinarian, then you could uh, then you might say, well, maybe the horse has either something else going on, or it's uh, sent you because it's developed some kind of psychological problem. Well, not really a problem, but it just is anticipating that the pain's going to be there. So. Okay. Okay. Well, Dr. Andrews, our hour is done already. <laughs> um, wow, well, that was uh, that was quick. Man, super, like super started. Yeah. Super fast, but I think that we we hit a lot of great questions. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listening. Before we go, I want to let you know one more time that we have a special offer. If you're listening to Ask the Vet Live live tonight, you have 24 hours to, to go to thehorse.com slash A-T-H-L offer and get a $5 year subscription to the print or digital edition of the magazine. I want to thank everyone who sent in questions and who joined us tonight. Um, we do have some additional resources for you if you have more questions about ulcers. Uh, it's at thehorse.com slash 35858. I'll repeat that number, 35858. And those are just some resources that we editors have selected um, that we think are great sources of information for you to learn more about gastric ulcers. And of course, if you have any questions, uh, contact your vet who will be best able to diagnose and help treat your horse. Um, so Dr. Andrews, thank you so much. And thank you, Michelle. And I want to thank the Horse Magazine for um, having this uh, webinar uh, and highlighting uh, uh, gastric ulcer disease as a common problem in horses. Yeah, thank you. Um, for everyone here at The Horse and TheHorse.com, I'm Michelle Anderson. Have a good night and happy riding.